you're listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast with your host, Jacob Fasig. Hey, for all you Barbell Voodoo Podcast listeners, we have a special offer for you guys. If you go over to Instagram and start following Barbell Voodoo Podcast, I'll send you a code that you can get 20% off your next order at barbell-voodoo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works, locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They want to make it easy for you to reach your nutritional goals and to stay on track. They offer heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed beef and all-natural hormone and free-range chicken and pork. Pick up locations all over Middle Tennessee as well as some delivery options for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make the nutrition the easiest part of your day. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. After Turkey Day Transformation Challenge. Need motivation to drop those extra pounds packed on from Thanksgiving? Join our After Turkey Day Transformation Challenge. Classes will be split up by male and female. First place winner in each category will get $300 cash money. Second place will get a $100 gift card. And third place will get a $50 gift card. You get one point for every pound lost, one point for every pound of muscle gained, and one point for every percentage of body fat lost. It's going to be awesome. Join in at the Franklin store, but if you're not in Franklin, you can go to Murfreesboro or their location in Knoxville and get free in-body and free samples anytime you want. And hey, don't forget about that unrivaled customer service. Today's podcast is brought to you by Float Alchemy. Float Alchemy has modern, natural, and effective tools for fast recovery, more flexibility, and focus. We offer flotation therapy, cryotherapy, Normatec recovery, infrared saunas, and more in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. For Barbell Voodoo listeners, we are offering a one-time special price on our CrossFit Recovery Pack. Normally, that's $162. You get one 60-minute float, one whole-body cryo session, a 40-minute sweat in our infrared sauna, and 30 minutes of Normatec Leg Recovery System for only $100. Go to floatalchemy.com slash barbellvoodoo to purchase your CrossFit Recovery Pack and use the code VOODOO at checkout to get $62 off the regular price. They also have Kabucha Taproom. Try their painkiller. The kombucha is packed with anti-inflammatories, including fermented ginger, turmeric, and willow bark, as well as hemp CBD. It is the perfect recovery drink to hydrate and heal from the inside. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Strength Outside the Box. Strength Outside the Box is a podcast hosted by Amy Hester and Lauren Coral, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. It is all about two girls getting to the heart of how a community of CrossFit athletes is changing each other's lives one wad at a time, while digging deep to understand how the lessons learned within the gym can provide strength for obstacles outside the box. Grab a cup of coffee and get ready to make two new gym besties as they chat with members of their own gym, neighboring gyms, and beyond. With each interview comes more laughter and a true sense of community, family, and what it means to have strength outside the box. Find them now wherever you listen to podcasts and on Instagram at Strength Outside the Box. The ladies are currently accepting suggestions for new boxes to visit and feature on their show. If you would like to nominate your awesome gym, email them at strengthoutsidethebox at gmail.com. 
Today's podcast is also brought to you by the Hot Room Yoga Studio, located in Cool Springs on Seaborn Lane. So you're strong, but how well do you move? Yoga at the Hot Room will help you recover quicker from those tough workouts and increase your range of motion so you can do better in the gym, bringing you pain relief and stress relief. You don't have to be gummy to get started. The knowledgeable instructors provide clear and concise instruction for beginners and are committed to helping you get the most out of each yoga class. Visit the website, thehotroomtn.com, and claim your three classes for $20 intro special. Don't let aches and pains slow you down. Get started today. And today's podcast is brought to you by Fight for Air Climb. Join us for the 6th Annual Fight for Air Climb, hosted by the American Lung Association on November 3rd, 2018. This vertical stair climb race will be held at the 505 in downtown Nashville and challenges participants to climb 45 stories. That's 862 steps to the top of the 505, which is the tallest residential building in the state of Tennessee. Registration is only $35, and there's a fundraising fee of $100 by Climb Day. Danny D Fitness is our official fitness sponsor and will kick off the climb around 9 a.m. Sign up now before we fill up at www.climbnashville.org. 100% of the proceeds will go back into programs, research, and advocacy to help improve lung health and save lives. Want to participate in a more intense workout? There are only 12 spots left to participate in the pre-climb race called the Vertical Mile. This happens at 6.30 a.m. on November 3rd. To qualify to participate in this, please email abby.williams at lung.org. That's A-B-B-Y dot W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S at L-U-N-G dot org. And today's podcast is brought to you by Danny D Fitness, owned and operated by Danny Dyer, based out of Franklin, Tennessee. She focuses on positive body image, effective workouts, and loving your journey to the healthier lifestyle. Come see Danny for one-on-one training, tandem or kids training, female small group training, group classes, pop-up events, and so much more. Visit dannydfitness.com. Or find her on Instagram, Facebook at Danny D Fitness One. That's Danny D Fitness and the number one for more info. As always, thanks again for tuning into this podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave us a five star review, leave us a comment, let us know you're out there and digging what we're doing. We are so thankful that you are listening and a part of what's going on here. As always, check out Barbell Voodoo, private label. We'd love to be a part of anything you have going on. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Hey, this is Rich Froning. You're listening to Barbell Voodoo Podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Uh, we are currently sitting here at H-Dub in Nashville, Tennessee, CrossFit H-Dub, uh, one of my favorite Nashville boxes, and we're out on the back veranda, um, which is a pretty classy word for porch. Um, and we are sitting here with Donovan Degree, and he is coming at us. Uh, he's usually in Hendersonville, and so I have him off his game here at a different box, and <laughs> Um, he's he's got a lovely wife named Abby, um, and he does quite a few r- really cool things. He's he's been an elite athlete for a while. I mean, I would still say you're an elite athlete. And Try then, to dabble. Yeah, and <laughs> and he uh, works out at CrossFit Hendersonville, 
and also works on the CrossFit uh, seminar staff and also builds homes. So, I mean, basically, he is um, a, a renaissance man, does it all. Yeah, jack of no trades. <laughs> Just do a little bit of everything. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Donovan. We're glad that you're here. Um, this, it, you, you've been on it before, you know, full disclosure. Uh-huh. If you're like, I feel like there's another guy named Von, Donovan that was on the, here before with, uh, with Team Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not this last one, but last year, mm-hmm. um, or I guess two years ago now, because regionals is, is well passed. But yeah. And so you may have remember his voice, um, but I uh, took my L1 under his tutelage and <laughs> thought, man, he would be fantastic to have on a podcast because I'd like to hear kind of how um, he got to where he is, but also kind of his story. And and I was really interested in the way he taught. And so here he is on the show now. He, he agreed to take some time in the afternoon. So thank you for doing that. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Well, let's start off. Tell, tell us about how um, you began your CrossFit journey, how, how you kind of began in athletics and got involved in that and, and kind of up to uh, the point of being on seminar staff. Yeah, it actually starts pretty interesting. At first, I, I would say I hated CrossFit. Yeah, oh, yeah. And Great. so uh, that's one way to start this podcast. That's but right. uh, <laughs> the reason I hated it is because I had a lot of pride. And mm. so I grew up you know, playing sports, probably similar to most people. And so, you know, I had a couple buddies who did CrossFit back in 2007 when I was in college. They introduced me to it, and I was terrible at it. And so being really? a prideful person, oh, yeah. Terrible. So what does terrible mean? Like what? It, like, oh, terrible means like, hey, man, we're going to do Helen. It's going to take me 25 minutes to do it. Oh, gosh. Because okay. I, you know, walked more than I ran. Uh-huh. Uh, and I had buddies who... You know, they've been doing it for like two years at that point. So they're pretty good at it. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was just terrible. And uh-huh. so I dabbled. I probably did maybe about six to eight workouts mm-hmm. uh, from like 2007 to like 2009. Just <laughs> trying it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, every time I did one, I'd walk away and swear that I'd never do it again. That's crazy. Because you hear so many people that say, you know, I tried something. It was difficult. And I, did, and, and I was horrible at it. And it just made me mad and go back and, and hit it harder. You yeah. had the complete opposite. Well, I also okay. had a lot of pride. Yeah. You know, being a younger dude, you, you do something and you, growing up, if your things come naturally easy hmm. and you face something that's really difficult, your natural tendency probably, if you have some tr- some pride, is to run away from that. Yeah. So that's probably where I found myself from 2007 to 2009. So did you pick up things as a kid easy? Yeah, I think well, so. Like, Re- what kind of things did you play? Like, um, You know, up until uh, high school, I played baseball played basketball and then once i uh, got to high school i enjoyed working out so i wasn't afraid of working out and so i transitioned to wrestling and football Mm. um i loved the concept of working out i just didn't know that the way that crossfit did things like i it was hard for me to realize how unfit i was until it actually hit me well especially being a wrestler i mean you were probably pretty cut i mean you you were not out of shape by any means doing that. It's just different kind of shape, maybe? Like, Yeah, and, and also my style of wrestling. Like, uh, if you're a wrestler and listen to this, you're probably going to laugh at this, but you can probably relate to it, or somebody on your team can relate to uh-huh. this, which is if I didn't pin the guy in the first period, uh, I was done. Is that right? <laughs> you know, like, it was just, <laughs> there was no recovery at that point. Like, yeah. I had this two-minute window 
where you know I was stronger, I was faster than most people. Uh-huh. But after two minutes, I was gassed. And you know what? I found the same thing in CrossFit. I was like, gosh, after two minutes, I suck. Yeah. And so what I realized was there wasn't a lot of workouts that lasted less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I just found myself sucking a lot. Oh, you just had to dial them all into two minutes then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, so it's funny. So Fran time was, was initially under two minutes then? It was not. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will tell you this. It's a, we'll get into this a little bit. But I remember talking to Rich at some point, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll bring up that name maybe. Uh, but I was like, man, I'm struggling with these workouts because I, I suck at anything longer than like five minutes. And I remember telling him that. And he goes, mm-hmm. well, there's an easy solution to that. Just do all the workouts in under five minutes. That's right. <laughs> well, that works for one person. <laughs> but what about the rest of us? That's simple, man. <laughs> yeah. So That's hilarious. So, so 2007 to 2009, that's what it looked like. Two, 2009, there's this guy, some people may know him, named Rich Froning. Mm-hmm. And so he was a guy that we went to the same high school, started going to the same college. And uh, he... Am I going to do a shout out to your alma mater? Yeah, that's right. What now, uh, well, we don't really, I mean, TTU. Protect? Yeah, yeah, just the Golden Eagles. That's it. Golden Eagles, man. Yeah, nothing special. <laughs> and so, you know, when I was in school, he, he was like, hey, man, you want to come try this CrossFit thing? And I was like, yeah, I've, I've done that before. So mm-hmm. he uh, put me through three he bars. Said, I've been doing that for two years. Uh, yeah, what are you well, about? dabbling for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. And so, you know, he put me through three bars of death. Some people may know that as Linda. And, oh. uh, you know, it was a different response. I was like, hey, I, I think I'm ready to eat my pride and mm. do this thing. And so, you know, from that, it just kind of took off. That's cool. Yeah. And so you kind of took to it at that point. Like, what was your training like? Was it uh, three times a week or, I mean, or did you go all in? And you were like, I'm doing this any waking moment I can. Yeah. So in 2009, I think I really just started to realize how my view of fitness was very different than what CrossFit was saying and, and uh, at the end of the day, I realized that I, I probably wasn't very fit. Mm-hmm. And so I think in 2009, I finally had enough where I was like, okay, the problem's not CrossFit. The problem's probably me. Mm. And so I think I just, I went all in at that point. And so it was, it was probably, you know, one workout a day uh, for at least the first six months, okay. uh, regardless of what people think about Rich starting out doing five workouts a day. It wasn't, it wasn't that case. Oh. So. Yeah. So you, um, so how did you beat down the pride in your life? I mean, it it was two years of hardcore, like kicking the pants pride that that you were dealing with, and then all of a sudden you're you're like a light bulb, you know, like turned on, and, and it was different. But like it had to be a little bit more of a struggle than that, or was it just that easy? It just the right person coaching you, or the right person doing it with you, or what um, was it? You know, some of that's probably just personal growth in my life. Like, okay. I, I know we've probably talked off air about this just a tad, but it's just um, when I was a freshman, I ended up uh, becoming a believer. Mm. And so, like, really, I think for me, uh, that was probably the start of it. Yeah. Where there was personal changes happening in my life. Uh-huh. And then I realized at some point, like, gosh, you just you start to realize how prideful you are and and i think after two years of getting beat down by friends and family and Mm -hmm. you start to realize man maybe the problem's me and not that thing or that person yeah and so i think i just had a whole new perspective where i could embrace crossfit instead of like pushing back on it and be like oh crossfit just sucks yeah sure sure yeah so you changed internally yeah um which in in turn helped you change externally in a lot of ways as well yeah i'm glad i did yeah that's neat yeah i mean 
especially like, I mean, you're talking about Christianity and um, there's probably a lot of belief systems out there. Um, but at its core, Christianity at its best is, you know, people who are selfless, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of Christians who aren't that. <laughs> but at its best, that, that's what it's supposed to be. And, and uh, for you, it was a thing that transitioned you into a place of uh, where, where pride became a decreasing uh, inhibitor in your life. And, yeah. and that's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, and I'll even take it a step further. Like, you you probably didn't know I was going to say this, but uh, one of the sole reasons I came uh, to be consistent in CrossFit, so I walked into CrossFit Mayhem, mm-hmm. uh, and they couldn't call it CrossFit Mayhem at the point because they couldn't afford an affiliate. Yeah. Uh, but the reason I walked in, uh, I walked in with a guy who led me to Christ. Huh. And uh, so he'd been doing CrossFit. He was the guy that introduced me way back when. And uh, we both went into mayhem with a mindset of like, hey, we want to do this and be intentional mm. and show our lives to people. And I think once we uh, were there for like a couple of days, we both realized like, man, we enjoy this and we want to kind of do it with a ministry mindset. And so that was really where we got yeah. consistent with it. Okay. Yep. So, you, so what, is that, what does that look like? Because um, I know that can have a lot of connotations to people's lives. Like... When, when people, you know, kind of think about the Christians mounting up to go and, and do the thing, they see bullhorns and soapboxes <laughs> and people screaming about how terrible other people are. Like, what, what, what did that look like kind of in your mind? Because there's so many of us out there that would hear that and go, oh, what well, I mean, what does that mean? Did, did they like, did you have to be a believer when they came in or that you intentionally get non-believers so you could convert them once you got them <laughs> in the box, like get them sweating and tired and then be like, and that's why you need Jesus. So I mean, like what? What, what was that kind of like more? Can you give me some more? I, th- I think insight? it could be further from the truth. Yeah. And what it looked like for us was we didn't even share our belief system yeah. until we knew that they knew we cared about them. Oh, there And you so go. what that looked like was, you know, we would work out. We listened to whatever they wanted to listen to. Mm-hmm. We'd do whatever workout they wanted to do. And then we didn't say a single thing about Christianity or Jesus for nine or 10 months. Yeah. And so really it was just more about, Hey, let's, uh, build a relationship with these guys with the hopes of one day, uh, be able to give a, a testimony, be able to give a reason for the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was very intentional, but also at the same time, it was very much not about, uh, winning, so to say a conversation or winning yeah. uh, an argument, it was intentionally like, Hey, we just want to love and care for these guys. And when given the right time, share truth to them. That's sure. it. Sure. Yeah. And, and it, it's different in that way. Um, and this is by no means a, a religious podcast. I mean, you guys know that from anybody that's listened to you know, <laughs> five or more of these things. Um, but you know, at the same time, I think it's important to note what, people who are doing things are, are not what the mainstream might depict them as sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I inferred at least as much as that you aren't like that. And so <laughs> I, I did want, I did want you to say some more words around that, you know, and I'm glad you did. Um, just the point of it, CrossFit in general, um, it's, it's about relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you step into a box It's people that are sweating and giving it their all together day in and day out and they have this community thing which i've said plenty of times i think they probably do community even better than the church does and um, i agree and and so it's important because we share lives because we uh create deep relationships with each other 
and we're able to share intimate parts of each other's lives because of the relationship we have. Um, it's not because we know something that somebody else doesn't, or it's not because, you know, we've got it all figured out. And so we can help you figure it out. It's like, this is what, you know, what worked for me. And this is why I am who I am. And, and maybe that, that helps. And, you know, that's at the core of CrossFit in my opinion, yeah. in my experience. Yeah. Um, so I think Couldn't that's a really more. neat thing, you know, um, I, this last week we had, had a friend who lost a family member, you know, and, and the first part before we even got started, um, was just talking with him and, and checking in with him and see how he was doing. And, um, that's, that's community. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's faith coming out. That's, um, love that's genuine. It, you know, there's, there's no reason it, you know, 15 till five in the morning that you would want to have a conversation like that. But, but, you know, you, you care about each other. And so you yeah. do, um, yeah. and neat things happen when that happens, I think. And so that's really cool. So you and you and, uh, your mentor, basically the guy that was kind of mentoring you at the time, Yep. And, and showing you CrossFit decided to be intentional about the way that you were going to do this CrossFit thing. Yeah. And we both, so what what we, happened after that? So we, uh, you know, we both went in and just kind of had this mindset. And I remember talking to my buddy. Uh, I had a couple guys that did CrossFit. And uh, I remember telling them, uh, I've got a friend. He's pretty good at CrossFit. And I'm speaking of Rich. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And uh, this is, you guys got to remember, this is before he even got second place at the 2010 games. Yeah, this so is this before is, the rope incident. I mean, this is before the rope incident, <laughs> before people even knew who Rich was. <laughs> Which they um, bring up all the time. Oh, all the podcast. time. Oh, yeah. And he hates it. Yeah, um, that's so, probably <laughs> But here's the thing is, so we're doing it, and I'm telling all my friends, you do CrossFit, that's kind of moved on. They've graduated college, whatever the case may be. And I got this friend, he's, he's pretty good. Like, he beats the rest of us in the gym. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, it's just like 10, you know, eight, nine months later, uh, he ends up going to the CrossFit Games and gets second. And I was like, I remember, <laughs> like, texting and calling my friends because I was, like, uh, doing a mission trip. Uh, somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, they were texting me and be like, "Dude, th- that guy you're talking about, he's in, he's in first place. You know, he ended up getting <laughs> second place because the yeah. rope." But uh, but they're like, "Man, you said he was good, but we didn't think he was that good." And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, dude, he, he beats the rest of us." And, and and now you look at it is that is that is that a reflection of how bad they thought you were, and so beating the rest of you wasn't a big deal? Or well, is we that, just is, <laughs> is yeah. that a little trash talk behind the scene? Well, and, and I'm not gonna like. Uh, toot my own horn by any means but uh you got to remember who was like some of uh, the original people training mm-hmm. and so put this in perspective w- we didn't know like we didn't know if we were good if sure. we were bad yeah. so i'll give you some perspective like one of those guys was rich uh-huh. uh, another guy was darren who was uh-huh. a part of the team that got fourth this year yeah and so all we knew was they're like hey man we're slugging it out trying to beat each other yeah. and lo and behold these guys are just fit fools and uh you know just excited to be a part of that but i was beating myself up every day because you know like darren and i would go uh round for round back and forth and then now looking at it 10 years later you're like oh what well, i guess he was pretty good i guess he was all right <laughs> yeah i guess we didn't suck as bad as we thought because <laughs> <laughs> all we ever had in terms of a standard was rich yeah so the rest of us just felt awful about ourselves uh-huh. um but you know you fast forward and you're like okay well I guess it's, it wasn't that bad. I yeah. guess we were kind of fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know how that is. I've, there's been several areas in my life where I've been a part of, um, like, world-renowned groups of, of stuff, whether that's mu- in music and, and some other things. And, and, and I was always like, I wasn't the best. I wasn't, 
ever really the best. Um, but then moving away from that, and, and as I've grown up, and, and I was like, oh, well, I mean, I wasn't even that good at X, <laughs> Y, and Z, but I do it now, and people are like, wow, you're really good. And I'm like, uh, I mean, there's guys that are really great, though. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's, it's hard to see past you know, something that you experience like that, you know, and you're just like, well, but I'm not that good, you know, like, yeah, that's a difficult thing. Yeah. All right. So you're slugging it out with the best in the world. Uh-huh. You're learning CrossFit. You're uh-huh. doing things. Uh huh. And then, and then what, what happens in life? What do, what do, what goes on next? Huh? Well, I'd probably say that I was training, training, everything's great. You know, got a chance to hang out with a bunch of good guys. I, I studied uh, civil engineering over okay. at Tennessee tech. So, uh-huh. There's times where Rich wanted to train, and I was like, man, i got to study. And so then I'd probably say the next critical point in my life was, okay, been training for about uh, two years at this point, been coaching CrossFit uh, with Mayhem crew, and then comes So what point did you get your L1 in there? uh, That's a great question. So 2010 is when I got my L1. So started really get consistent in 2009, got my L1 in 2010. So I used to, you know, coach at Mayhem yeah, um, during cool. that time. So you were let, a little around a year in, and, uh-huh. and you wanted to become a, a coach for that. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. And actually, you know, Rich kind of talks about this in his book. Um, you know, we decided to take a couple trips. I think one was to Lexington, and another one's to Charlotte, because he's trying to get on seminar staff at this point, uh-huh. and I'm trying to get my level one. Uh-huh. So we would take a couple of these trips together. Okay. And uh, he talks about it in the book, but uh, long story short, that was kind of an opportunity to share some stuff with him. But uh, that's, neat. that's when I got my level one. He was trying to get on seminar staff, and uh-huh. I was trying to just coach. So did he do it? Uh, he ended up getting on seminar staff, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, so he got on seminar staff, let's see, maybe 2011 or something yeah. like that. That's neat. Yep. All right, so you get your L1, you're coaching. Mm-hmm. So when, wh- where's Abby? When, when does she enter into the story here? Abby is later down. She's still, she, yep. we hadn't got to Abby yet. Yeah, not there yet. So what happened was before that, go to graduate. You know, you can imagine this. Your your parents are like, hey, man, you got an engineering degree. Mm-hmm. Go go try to conquer the world, make good money. Yeah. And I was like, I think I want to coach CrossFit. <laughs> 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 and better yet, what I want to do is instead of trying to go find a really good job, mm-hmm. like I want to coach at the APC which is the Athletic Performance Center up yeah. at Tennessee Tech, coach the athletes for $1,000 a month. Like, Woo, because money. that's my passion. Right. Oh, yeah. I was I was rolling at it. Yeah. And you could imagine just absolutely crushing it at $1,000 a month. But it, for me, like... And I your think parents was, were super stoked. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It was one of the best decisions <laughs> I ever could have made. And and here's why. Uh-huh. I realized during that time, you get, sometimes you just got to follow your passion. Mm. And so, you know... When you're trying to tell your parents that, hey, I've got an engineering degree or grandparents or whoever it is, but I'm going to go take a job that I'm passionate about for uh, $1,000 a month, you really have to be passionate about it. Yeah, you better. And so I did that. Dude, it was one of the best jobs ever. Like all we did was coach people for about, I don't know, two hours a day, and then we worked out the rest of the time. Uh And we got paid for it. Yeah. Which is great. What, What more could you want? What, what more? So how long did that go on? How long did you do that? Uh, we did that uh, probably about a, a year and a half. I okay. kind of did that. And then probably the next big transition is um, I did some, uh, like, Army National Guard stuff. So went to basic, 
you know, did that stuff. And then once I got done uh, with basic, I came back and I was thinking about going to grad school and getting an MBA. But instead, I was like, you know what? I'm still passionate about CrossFit. So last minute, I was already, you know, signed up for the MBA program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to have it paid for by the military. And then last minute, I was like, well, let me go check out what's going on at uh, my buddy's gym. He was over in CrossFit Hendersonville coaching. Okay. And so I kind of went over there, and it just the stars aligned, and the the owner talked to me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really looking for a job. Um, but she was like, hey, would you be interested in come being a coach here? Yeah. And uh, it was just a home run. That's so cool. that was 2000 and let me think about this for a minute, maybe 12. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, did that 2012. And then did that for probably about two years. And then 2013 is probably the point where you're interested, which is where I got the opportunity to intern for seminar staff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. So were you just coaching in Hendersonville or? Yeah, for the most part, uh, that was all I was doing was as a full-time coach. Uh, we we kind of helped the gym grow a little bit. I think uh, I could be wrong on these numbers, mm. and so somebody else may want to confirm it. But uh, We're not going to fact check. Not fact check, but I think we went from like an 18-month gap from about 150 members to about 275. Oh, wow. And so it was really a great period where, you know, we, we try to be intentional about the gym, mm-hmm. spending time, building relationships, and they really do run a good gym there. Like they're It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I was out there for Team Hendersonville before regionals uh, this this year. And, uh, I mean, I was just walking around, just looking around like a tourist. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful gym. Ryan and Lindsay, here's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who are in the community who are passionate about working out. And they're like, man, I want to open a gym, mm. you know, and then they find themselves running a box. And usually when you become a box owner, you have less and less time to work out. Right. But Ryan and Lynn's like, they're just like business savvy people. Mm. And so when you get somebody who's passionate about something and also they're business savvy, like it just it usually works out pretty well. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, Roy, who is the owner of Barbell Voodoo, one of, one of the owners. Um, he was on a podcast. We just recorded one, just kind of catching up on the business and stuff, kind of telling Barbell Voodoo's story because that hasn't been something that's necessarily been recorded by us, you know, before. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's fun and neat. And to hear Roy's heart is always good. But um, he was talking about how, in his experience, the worst thing you can do for your athleticism is become a coach. For sure. He's like, it's the worst. Because the only the, the time you set aside to coach was the time you used to work out. Yeah. And now you, it throws everything off because yep. all your extra time is now coaching. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I could, I could imagine taking it a step further and owning the box yep and just being like yeah i think we're done for the day being here i don't i don't want to work out you know yeah. i've coached every class i'm tired yeah yeah it, it's tough finding that balance like you, you really got to do a good job of separating your you know your passion from a business and vice versa mm-hmm. sure you know and keeping those two clean cut so so all right, so when when does the love connection happen? I mean, come on, this is your story. We I mean, wanna, I'm building wanna, it up, building we're up. We're not there it's, yet. It's the best part, but we're oh, not there man. yet. Okay. We're about All to right. be there though. You just got me on the edge of my seat over here. Can't yeah, wait you, to hear about it. You know, it's it, it's nothing crazy. You know, people probably could have guessed it, but it, so we're leading up CrossFit Hendersonville. Coach there for a while. Uh, 2013, towards the end of it, rolls around. I start uh, interning for seminar staff. Get the opportunity. Um, and then, so I intern and so then, how did you do that? How do you become an intern? Does somebody, do, I, I assume it's like Harry Potter and an owl brings 
a note to you yep. and says, you've been chosen. Is that, is that how it works? Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want, like my situation was probably a little bit different. Uh, okay. seminar staff is a very close knit group. Like yeah. they're very, uh, cult. Yeah. Maybe I'm a cult. Maybe CrossFit's <laughs> cult. I don't know. CrossFit's uh, definitely a cult. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very it. tight knit group, man. And, uh, I think, uh, for me, I got my foot in the door in terms of being an intern, quote unquote, uh, just through association with Rich. Okay. Like, I don't want to name drop, but, you know, he if it wasn't for Rich, I definitely wouldn't have had the opportunity yeah. to intern. Well, I mean, that happens everywhere else in business. I don't see why that would be weird for it to happen here. But at the end of the day, it wasn't you know. because I knew Rich that I got on seminar stuff. Yeah, you still got to earn it, but you, gotta you, earn but you it. may have gotten, you know. I got my foot in the door for at. sure. Sure, yeah. And so nowadays that process looks a little bit different. You got to go get your level one, your level two, your level three. Yeah. And then you can apply to be an intern for seminar staff. So wow. minimums level three nowadays. That's wild. Mm-hmm. All right. And so what, what was it like becoming seminar staff? Um, is there like, you have to give some, some blood. Um, <laughs> do you have to run through all the mo- motions? You have to have a you know, sub two minute Fran, like is there criteria in there? Like, what what do you have to what do you have to know about things? So this is a that's a really good question. I'll ask you a question back. How many people do you think is on seminar staff? In uh, the entire world. Last I heard, one hundred and fifty something. Yeah. So that's you knew. So one hundred. I listen to podcasts. So there you go. <laughs> so it's you know it's a very small group. So in yeah. light of that, really, I think it all phases off of uh, Dave Castro and that whole Navy SEAL mindset where. At the end of the day, you just need to be a good human being. Sure. Like you definitely need a coach. You need to do your job. Uh, Navy SEALs, they have a job to do. You want to make sure that they are all upholding the standard, which is a very high standard. Yeah. But more importantly, like you want to make sure that you're spending your life with other people you actually enjoy being around. Yeah. So I'd say it's like, you know, 50% like your ability to see and correct and make people better. And then 50% just being a good human being. Mm. And if you're a sucky person, but you're a good coach, you're probably not going to make it. On the flip side, if yeah. you're a really good person and a sucky coach, um, they'll probably take a step back and be like, man, can we get this person up to speed in mm-hmm. a quick time and keep them around? Or is it just going to be like, man, it's too much of a learning curve right now and it's going to yeah. be a no? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So usually that process takes you know anywhere from uh, three to six seminars. So you'll show up on mm-hmm. the weekends just like the red shirts and – They'll evaluate you. You'll try to coach some of the groups. They'll give you some feedback. Uh, you know, and I'm not giving away the keys to the kingdom, so to say. Right. And not just being like, hey, if you just do this, you're going to be on seminar stuff. But a big part of it is is your ability to receive feedback mm-hmm. and actually make a change. And I can't tell yeah. you how many people yeah. that uh, I've watched a flow master start to give an intern feedback. And their immediate response was an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. really not specific to CrossFit. It's kind of like nope. that's a that's a national-wide, worldwide thing where people are like, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Like, I'm good to go. Like, yeah. you got the wrong dude. And so I think really the, the core of our system is trusting and respecting each other so much mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter if you're a flow master or the new guy on seminar staff. That so what's a flow master? Is that an, isn't that an exhaust pipe system? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something flow like that. Master? You, you can put a flow master. Eye. I think you can put a flow master on an ATV, can't you? Probably. I yeah. mean, I had one on my Firebird back in the day. Oh yeah, sixty-eight Firebird. It was sweet. Stupidest idea my parents could ever do: give a sixteen-year-old a sixty-eight Firebird. But that's a whole other story. Whole other story. I had two of them. You can but, guess why? Oh man, first one kind of got yeah, got totaled. Yep, yep. Guess what happened to the second one? 
totaled. Same thing. Yeah. So Flowmaster, <laughs> you put one of those things on a car, or uh, what you could do is um, have a weekend where somebody's in charge. Mm-hmm. For the entire weekend, so that's what we refer to as a flow yeah. master. They just keep things flowing throughout the, the flow, weekend, watching yep. the time, watching the time. And it's not like they're uh, better than everybody else around them. It's just like at the end of the day, they're probably somebody who's been on seminar staff a long time. Sure, and we just kind of trust to say, hey, if something goes wrong, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a team captain. Like this person's going to step up to the plate and make the right call. Right, and so you know, on the flip side, it does have the team mindset where. If a flow master goes down, meaning like they get sick or something, uh-huh. everybody's trained and equipped to step up to the plate. That's cool. Yeah. So that's an old Navy mindset where it's like, man, if your t- captain gets shot, you better be ready to step mm-hmm. up to the plate. And but everybody has needs. a task for each weekend. Mm-hmm. You stay in your lane unless otherwise, you know, needs to adapt. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. I mean, it's a good training program. Yeah. Really. Like I it's bet. World class. I mean, I know my experience was phenomenal. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I didn't like the test um, because I'm naturally scared about tests anyways. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's a whole other bag of tricks we could get into with my psychology. But, um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I was eating it up, and then I realized, I was like, oh, yeah, and I'm going to have to, like, really know this. Like, I spent months studying beforehand. Like, I hope they don't go back and look at my test. Like, <laughs> oh, he barely made it or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I read through all the stuff. Man, I was underlined. I was taking notes. I have a whole notebook set aside. Like, I was really in it. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But it's so well done and so well orchestrated. And um, y- you can obviously tell the the time and the energy put into it. Um, it was so clean. Um, I can only assume that there's like a script that you have to memorize because it was so clean, so defined, so well done. And yet each person was able to put themselves into it, mm-hmm. which was neat. Um, I appreciated that as, as someone who um, always has to work on being a public person, always talking in front of people, always communicating. And um, so I take notes while people are communicating because I'm like, they're really great at these things. And it was fantastic to see. Um, that happen and, and see each person's strengths, you know, mm-hmm. within that. I thought that was really cool. Um, but it was so well done. So, so well done. Um, anyways, got off topic, had a little emotional time there. It was great. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so you're on seminar staff. You've interned a few times. They, they've called you into the show. Yep. Um, was there like, a, like I figure somebody's in a bullpen, they pick up the phone to the, the pitching coach, which is down where the pitching area. And they're like, all right, we need a righty in for the yeah. take, take relief. And, and you got called and put in the show, right? Something like that, except for, <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny because you uh, you work on seminar staff, and, and uh, you know, part of working on seminar staff is you get the opportunity to work with people that you probably see um, on, like, the CrossFit games. Like, a sure. great example is maybe, like, Dave Castro. Uh-huh. It's probably a notorious one where they're like, oh, so, like, you and Dave, are you guys, like, shooting text messages back and forth? Like, so Dave's one of my bosses, uh-huh. but it's not like we're, you know, just shooting text messages back and forth. It's like, Dave's like, Hey, can you be at this seminar or this date? And you're like, yes, yes. And that's it. <laughs> like, just show up and do your job. Basically best buds. Oh yeah. If you show up and it's kind of like one of those, like no news is good news. Right. And so as long as you're showing up doing your job, it's all good. Now I will say at the end of every seminar, we give each other feedback. Yeah. So really it's a, it's a well old machine because 
everybody who's a part of the team takes it seriously. Mm -hmm. And they're really trying to redefine how we think of fitness and how fitness can be not just a a fun thing that you do, but it can be a profession as well. Mm -hmm. And so really that's our, that's our aim and that's our goal. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's fun, man. We, uh, we have a lot of fun on seminar stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's not just, Hey, you're righty, go throw that fast pitch in there and then get out. No, no doubt. I mean, but I mean, with that illustration, you're in the professional leagues. Like, you know, it's not like there's this, you know, they didn't, they didn't call the bad news bears up into the game. Like, (laughs) you know, you guys, you guys have earned your place in it. Mm -hmm. And when your team comes together and each one of you plays your role and it's, it's such an an incredible thing, you know, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. I bet. I bet. And it seemed like y'all had fun together, which was Mm -hmm. neat to see. Um, I don't know if it's like that all the time, but, but yeah. it's like genuinely you guys have fun together and you enjoy what you're doing and it's fun for you and it's still maybe a little challenging and, and you know, all those things seemed apparent to me at least. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd agree with that. That's cool. So are there things that you have to do to continue to stay sharp um, as a part of seminar staff? Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of those things is, is to be on seminar staff, I mentioned that you have to have a minimum of a level three to intern. Mm-hmm. Well, on the flip side, they made a requirement probably about a year after I got on seminar staff that uh, maybe a year or two that you had to have your level three to be on seminar staff. Gotcha. So where there is this transition period where it's like, hey, if you don't pass this level three, you're done. So you didn't get grandfathered in? Not really. Oh, like it was, it was definitely like a stressful moment for a lot of people. I bet. And so this is probably encouragement for some people hearing it who maybe have taken the level three and failed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, join the crew. Like, I didn't personally fill it, but uh, the, I'd probably say when they first released that test, it had like a stupid fail rate, like maybe like a 50% fail rate amongst wow. the seminar staff. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, this is too hard. Yeah. We need to, we need to make this easier. Clearly, we, we had our expectations we, set Way too, too high. high. <laughs> way too high. So, you know. That's insane. You know, people are failing it. People are wondering if they've got a job, uh-huh. you know. And so then they start to make this test easier and easier and easier. And even now when people like. More realistic, not easier probably, Yeah, not easier, more realistic. So now when people talk about level three and how daunting it is, I'm just like, you have no idea. Yeah. We were the guinea pigs. Yeah. (laughs) And so. uh, But it was good. So everybody. So part of that continue education Mm -hmm. is when you get your level three, you have to do 50 uh, continue education hours every three years. Okay. So I've went through this already one cycle, um, getting uh, doing my second cycle now which that will be a hundred, uh, continue education hours into this fitness thing. Wow. So I'm taking, you and it's know, not your full-time deal. It's not my full-time deal. Yeah. And so I've got to take, uh, classes. I got to take seminars. I, you know, did my USAW weightlifting, like oh, level cool. one yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so it, are you going to do the strong fit one, by the way? That's a new one. Uh, I haven't done it yet. It's really cool stuff. Is it? Have you I, uh, to it? I got exposed to that two, a year and a half ago or so. Um, the strong fit guy for the U.S., uh, Chris, is down at uh, CrossFit ACR uh-huh. in Panama City Beach. Uh-huh. And so me and a couple of buddies were down there, and we went and worked out at that box. We took a little dude's weekend kind of thing. And uh, Roy um, was like, you guys need to go to this box. Just go to this box. They do the strong thing. Don't worry about it. Just show up. And we were like, oh, okay. So we showed up and did and we're like, this is the greatest. This is such cool stuff. And he like... The, his education level and the way he teaches was akin to the teaching that happens at level one almost. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just kind of that level where where he's wanting to 
educate and coach at the same time. And, yeah. and it was great. Um, but anyways, he, he, uh, I, I will mimic some of the things that, from my own garage, you know, that, that he's, that he's taught. And he's like, I need to get up there this last, I posted something last night and he commented, I need to get up there and t- show you how to use that stuff. <laughs> you know? And I was like, please do. Anytime. So, uh, but yeah, I, I want to take that one, um, for sure. I think that one looks neat, but. And too, like there's no secret to this. I think at the end of the day, um, we as a team, you know, and I, we as a team hold ourselves to the highest standard Mm -hmm. and that's not like a a brag that's a that's a uh if i show up on the weekend i know that the person to my left and right has done their homework yeah you know like i know that they didn't just go jack around um and just kind of like drink and have fun Mm -hmm. and then show up to seminar and be like i hope it works out yeah yeah uh just because like you're like we're a team (laughs) you know yeah and we're like and, and here's the thing is people don't realize this too, but we'll do things as a team. Like for example, on a Saturday night, we might go out. That's fine, uh-huh. but w- we do it as a team. And at the end mm. of the day, it's a team. It's and not I mean, about any one individual. Yeah, and it's kind of like, man, if we want to go out as a team and have fun, that's fine. But we better show up Sunday, just absolutely giving it our best. Yeah, because that's what the participants deserve. That's great. So just yeah, and, and it, it's not the standard nowadays. Mm-mm. The standard is not uh, do your best in all situations. You know, like it's it's something even at school, like my girls clearly get feedback differently at school, you know, <laughs> with their peers. Yeah. Um, because at home, you know, I, I hold them to a standard. I said, you know, it's what did I ask you to do? Not what you did. What did I ask you to do? Repeat that back to me because uh-huh. because that's what I need you to do. I need you to, you know, to operate at a certain point that, that you may not be used to in in school and everything else and uh and so you know i appreciate that it should be the way it is you know so it's just not (laughs) yeah i agree and i couldn't agree more and i don't think it's bragging is my point though (laughs) no i think at the end of the thing uh it's kind of crazy because like uh we can talk about this maybe a little bit but you know i transitioned at some point and starting working during the week full-time and it's interesting because when I just held myself to the same standard that I did on seminar staff and applied that to a, uh, you know, a typical job, mm-hmm. I found crazy success Yeah. because most people, to your point exactly, don't hold themselves to that standard. Mm-mm. And so it's just so intriguing that people don't get it. Like yeah. the light bulbs aren't going off of like, man, as long as you hold yourself to a standard whatever that standard is, hopefully it's a good standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to find crazy success, maybe not overnight, mm-hmm. but eventually you will find success. Yeah. And, and with that, it, it targets you, it focuses you, it helps you hone in on what you're doing so that you spend less time doing it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're more strategic. Um, you get things done in a timely matter to, to better than most people's standards are. Yep. Um, all because of that, that same thing. You know, we have so many people nowadays that, at the end of the week have worked their tail off, but have nothing to show for it Yep, because their focus is all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, and, and their, um, um, their exceptionalness is diminished because of it. And, and that that's, and they go, but I worked so hard and you go, yeah, but you were undisciplined and all over the place, Yeah, you know, and, and that comes with everything. And so, you know, it's clear when you see it nowadays, when you see a team that functions in that way, you go, Oh, that's different. Like, yeah. That's, that's the way it should be. And that's that's the way that seminar staff is. <laughs> it's like kind of, hey, you either you either keep up with yeah. the team or you're going to get left. Yeah. 
and it's not like a it's not like a bad thing. No, you know, it's not like, hey man, we don't like you or anything like that. It's just like, hey man, here's the standard. Yeah. You can either embrace it or you can choose that it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so, really, seminar staff has like a a ninety five percent fail rate, which is intriguing because it's probably like if you go back and look at the amount of people that went through like buds. Mm. And like went you know was a navy and then like yeah. hey I want to go through the seal program I'm sure it has a similar fell rate mm. like very high nineties yeah uh, and the reason's very simple it's not like hey you suck get out of here it's like here's the standard and we're not going to change the standard right the standard is the standard you can choose to keep up you or you're going to get left behind we're not adapting to you yeah yeah so I think that's <laughs> most of the time when people come as a intern. Uh, for seminar staff, that's mm-hmm. the piece of feedback I give them is like, you better be a quick learner and realize, look to your left, look to your right and be like, hey, how's everybody else coaching this? What's the standard? And then you better adapt that pretty quickly. If yeah. not, you're going to get left out. Sure. But if you can adapt quickly and you can push yourself really hard, you might find yourself wearing a red shirt one day. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, I know it's got to be a lot of people's dreams to do that, you know, or hope and aspirations, I'm sure. Yeah. I would have no idea what those numbers are, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. Um, but I'm sure it is, you know. Um, that's cool. And so you, you've had um, at the same time you're you're teaching. I don't know. It seems like every weekend. Maybe it's not, but maybe it is. Um, and in the midst of that, you you're you're an athlete in and of yourself. Like you, you're a great athlete, um, strong, <laughs> you know, uh, nimble, all the things. <laughs> Um, so what, what was the deal? Like what happened at some point when you were competing because you've been to regionals, mm-hmm. you, you've had a, you've had a taste of, uh, what everybody looks to is like, I want to, you know, if I could do that, like that's when you've arrived and like, just make it there. And like, you've done it and, and you know, you could probably do it again. And, but you chose a different route. What, why did you choose, um, to not be the competitive athlete that just goes all out for that you know to get the the glory i guess i don't know <laughs> so uh you know and i'm not dogging any of my friends but i think a lot of them would say that hey to be a competitive athlete nowadays is a very selfish lifestyle mm. um you know i just it's funny i was talking to you know the mayhem guys and uh darren's not competing this next year uh, he's got a kid on the way yeah uh, priorities change priorities change you know matt hewitt's got a job and the job is kind of like hey you're not going to be able to compete anymore rich mm-hmm. has got three kids so how in the world he <laughs> finds time to compete and still be at the top level that he is blows my mind right but at the end of the day it's uh for me this is what it looked like i qualified for regionals 2011 as an individual i was one spot out in 2013 and one spot meaning like one thruster on a workout put me out yeah and so I was like, dang it, if I just did one more thruster on that last workout, I would have been at regionals. That was a tough pill to swallow. But I think in that moment, like, I I really think I can pinpoint it to that because I was also uh, close to getting on seminar staff at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized, like, man, I have a choice here. Do I want to make this about me or do I want to make this about others? Mm. And so right about that moment was, you know, hey, who do I want to be remembered as? Do I want to remember it as an athlete? Or do I want to be remembered as helping people? Mm. And I much prefer being remembered as helping people. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think 
when, when life presents itself along the way, like people choose different, because we all have basically life's broken down into seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have seasons where, you know, we're, we're very individualized, we're very selfish, we're very, you know, into ourselves, and that's, that's what we can focus on. But then, you know, life kind of changes, and, and seasons change, and, and then you, you change in and of itself. And it's neat that you would be so self-aware in that, so um, just aware of, of the magnitude of that decision to go, you know, I feel like my life would be better served for me helping others than just being focused on myself. I mean, that's incredible. And it's like the old airplane analogy. It's not like you're saying, hey, I'm going to put the uh, oxygen mask on other people before I put it on myself. Uh-huh. What it's saying right. is, is, hey, once I put the oxygen mask on myself, I'm going to take a step back and think, all right, who else can I put the oxygen mask on? Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt like where it got in terms of me training was I was training three or four hours a day. And it's like, how hey, I put the oxygen mask out on myself. And then when I start getting low on oxygen, I'm going to take somebody else's oxygen mask and then somebody else's. <laughs> yeah. And then before you realize it, you're like, man, I'm doing four workouts a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, really my sole purpose is how fit can I get instead of how many people are seeing radical changes in their life. Wow. And so really it, it kind of was a wake up call for me. Where it's like, man, I'm really making this about myself. And I feel like at the heart of CrossFit, it's about the community. Yeah. Yeah. Just to what you said earlier. Yeah. And and we make this point all the time, and and a lot of people do. I mean, CrossFit does now more more times than anybody. But, you know, CrossFit is not the Mm .01%. You know, it's all of us that are struggling to make good choices every day that ultimately involve ourselves in a community. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so that that's a really neat thing um, because, you you know, you, you chose to be a part of the 99 percent, you know, and to help that that group of people yeah. become better at at life, at, at all the things instead of just focusing on on you. And I think that's incredible. It's the best decision ever made. Yeah. You know, well, let me take that back. That's not the best decision ever made. <laughs> Going back to your love question. There it is. <laughs> the best decision I ever made was uh, marrying my wife and eventually even going on dates with my wife. And so that kind of happened between that, you know, right when I was going through internship and I'm figuring out who do I want to be? Do I want to be an athlete? Do I want to be coach? Yeah. And so she was long for the ride. We met at a CrossFit competition. So oh, I knew you were probably going to ask that. I was going to ask. I was going to say, so were you coaching her? Were you know, is this one of those things in the coaching manual that's not supposed to happen? Is that well? She was at a different gym, there you and go. so I wasn't coaching her. <laughs> but uh, you know, I did meet her at a CrossFit competition, uh-huh. and uh, man, I was just I was blown away. I was like, man, this, this girl is super hot. Yeah, and look uh, at that thruster. Is look that what at you're that saying? Thruster. If I thrusted like that, I would have made that one extra one I needed. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it, it was so funny because. Uh, yeah, we were both working out, and she was doing her, you know, deal, and I was doing my deal, and I was checking her out, and then I get to the finals and uh, of this little local competition, mm-hmm. and she's like cheering me on. I'm like, hey, hey, hey there we That's go. All right, That's all right. I'll take <laughs> uh, that. And then her mom was like, stop cheering her, mom. You don't even know him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I, I can get to know her. So yeah. made a little comment, and, you know, did the whole like. Uh, Hey, let's go on a date thing later on uh-huh. through social media. Who doesn't use social media? Yeah. And so we did that and then went on a date, man. And uh, she tagged along for the next competition. And, you know, we did that. And then before I knew it, man, we were dating. We were all in. Look at that. It's a CrossFit. 
crossword problems together. It's almost like it's it, it's a really big part of what I do. It Not really just like, is. Yeah. CrossFit got me a job. Uh-huh. CrossFit showed me a passion. Mm-hmm. CrossFit brought me my wife. Like mm-hmm. I have a lot of things to be thankful for. Yeah. And, and gave you a work ethic, you know, or helped, you know, fire the work ethic that you probably already had involved, you know, in you, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like that's I, crazy, right? It really is, and this like is just this, a, this is just a fitness it's thing, just a man. Fitness it's not a big program. deal. But yeah. this fitness program, and I'm using quotations right now, <laughs> yeah, has uh, radically changed my life, yeah, for the better. Uh huh. You know, I, I don't know what kind of human being I would have been if I, you know, didn't eat my pride mm. by doing a program that uh, teaches you to be humble. Yeah. I don't know where I'd be if I didn't meet my wife. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have an opportunity to coach and make it about other people, not about myself. Mm. I don't know where I would have been if I didn't have an opportunity to be on seminar staff. Yeah. And so, like, those things have radically changed my life and for the better. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, it's not just a fitness program. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, I'm, I'm definitely living proof of that. I talk about it all the time. But, yeah, that's fantastic. Yep. I love that. So, so then, you know, and, and I hate to almost steer. I'm sure you had a direction that you wanted to head with everything. But wow. after. Clearly had a lot of notes. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> after uh, 90 weekends. So here's. Everybody, Whoa. Everybody, Whoa. Everybody, don't, just, don't just gloss down. You said 90? 90. So this is the part where people are like, hey, seminar staff is fun. It's sexy. You know, you wear a red shirt. You tell people push their knees out. And people yeah, lose their mind, you know, and they're like, the PVC it's, the, pipe. <laughs> it's the greatest job in the world. And by all means, I'm not saying it's uh, right. it's not the greatest job in the world because I, I, I love my job on seminar mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but what people don't see is so I meet my wife uh, and after I started on seminar stuff, you know, I worked 90 weekends in two years. Whoa. And so, you know, so my, out of 110 Week, no, weekends, not 110. Right? No, that's 104. 52. That's 104. Oh, that's what I'm like. I'm really great at math. Yeah, yeah. So 104, you were gone 90 what? 90 weekends. 90. Yeah, so you can imagine I didn't have a lot of friends Yeah. after this. Killing the nightlife. Uh, just crushing it. What are you doing on a Tuesday night? <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> because I worked on the weekends. It's yeah. like, and I remember asking my buddies too, like that worked during the weekdays, friends that I had, yeah. CrossFit people. Uh-huh. I would just ask them like, what are you doing on a Tuesday night? And they're like, uh, sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Going to bed early. <laughs> I was after like, eating my paleo meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, you know, Hashtag speaking of like those paleo works meal, I know this is totally a plug, but they're yeah. amazing. They, Life they really are. Yeah. Uh, I I look forward to, and, and they're a sponsor of this podcast. Um, yeah. But I, I look so forward to just showing up at competitions because I'll see them. Oh, they're and just amazing. just hang out with them, you know, just a little bit. Like, they're just amazing humans. Dude, Brian and Lisa are probably mm-hmm. the best human beings I've ever oh, been around. Yeah. Like, they, they take such good care of people. And, and it's not even like, you know, really... I'm sure, like, people posting some stuff about their meals, like, obviously there's maybe some incentive there. Mm-hmm. But in on the flip side, what they do for people, and I'm yeah. not just talking about, like, giving them some meals. I'm talking well about, like, food. well yeah. beyond food. Uh, they're just amazing human beings. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've, I'm a huge fan, and they I have really no shame in giving them a plug in this <laughs> podcast because they are amazing human beings. Yeah, and they really are. And, yeah, 
You shouldn't feel bad about giving a plug. <laughs> I barely get a plug for your alma mater in there. You know? I know, I know. Forget the Golden Eagles. Like, really what I want to talk about <laughs> is Brian and Lisa. Let's talk about food yeah. real quick. But, no, after, so you know, good. 90 weekends. sweet potato stuff this weekend. Oh, mm. yeah. The sweet potato salad. Have you had that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, so sweet potato good. salad. I tell so you, good. man, their salads in general. The the only thing, like, I love their salads. I, I do, I do. But there's times, and I'm sure you've been here before as well. It's funny because somebody made a, a comment on one of my posts that I put of the pictures. Uh-huh. They said that time when you think you ate a grape and it was an olive. Have you ever been that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With that salad. Yeah. Like, it's so good. That chicken salad, man. Mm. You start eating and you're like, oh. You take a big bite and you're like, wait a minute. That was an Whoa. olive. It yep. wasn't a grape. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. Yeah. It's so good. Love Gosh. those. Um, so 90 weekends is what I was saying. So long. So much. Yeah. And then my wife looks at me and she's like, hey, you're going to do this for the rest of your life. <laughs> and so once again, there's one of those critical moments yeah. where you're like, okay, there's probably not a right answer to this. But yeah. there is. Do I look fat in this dress? Yeah. Same kind of panic? Oh, I was freaking out. I yeah. was like, okay, let me put myself in her shoes. I was just gone for 90 weekends in two years. Um, I need to be delicate here. And really, it was a wake-up call for me of like, hey, um, I really don't need to be putting all my chips in one basket. And also, if I do put all my chips in one basket, am I going to be working every weekend when I get married? Am I going to be working every weekend when I have kids? Mm. And so really, it was a critical, another critical moment in my so life. So y'all were dating still at this point. Oh, yeah, we were dating. and, and wow. probably so even, you hadn't even locked her in yet. We hadn't locked oh, her in. Oh, my gosh. But I knew I wanted her. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. I was convinced at that point. But still, like, what kind of an amazing woman is that? Yeah. That would just be like, hey, I just want to check in, asking for a friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we had 12 weekends together, and that's not counting holidays, so really that's probably... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we would hang out during the weekday. Yeah. But it's not the same, like all of our friends and stuff. Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, so I worked 90 weekends, two years, and then I was like, man, i got to figure something out. And that's kind of where I started transitioning not only working on the weekends with mm. seminar staff, but also starting to work during the weekday as well. Gotcha. And use that old engineering degree. Dust, dust it off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so get all the feathers off of it and figure it out. So That's cool. So now you're, um, you finally married that girl. Finally married her. Yeah. Convinced her. <laughs> and uh, when was that? Uh, 2016? Yep. Is that right? Uh, yep. May 21st. According to the, the Facebook. According to the Facebook. That yeah. is correct. That's good. It's Facebook approved. It's Facebook approved. Um, and so now you're, you work full time. Um, how many weekends, how many seminars do you do nowadays? Yeah, so. In addition um, to your full time job. Yeah, so uh, in addition to my full time job, I've probably averaged anywhere from, uh, I'd probably say 28 to 30. 32 average a okay. year. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's not like I've stopped completely. Right. No, like you still, still do quite a bit. Yeah. I probably say on average like 2.5 a month, you know, like one month I'll do <laughs> two, you know, I'm an engineer by trade. So fly uh, in and do one day for you. Yeah, I do <laughs> one half day. No, I'll do like uh, you know, one month I'll probably do like two seminars. Sure. The next month I'll do like three seminars and then one month I'll do like one seminar and the mm-hmm. next month I'll do four. And my wife's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I'll have to dial back down to another two seminars and uh-huh. get my life together. But it looks something like that. Yeah. That's cool. And you still love it. You still enjoy love it. it, man. You know, at this point, it's kind of when I show up on the weekends, um, 
the reason I do the weekend job, it's not like I need it at this yeah. point. Yeah. I don't. But I really just enjoy people. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy hearing people's story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, even you, man, you had a great story where you lost a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. Like, how much weight did you lose? Uh, right now, sitting at, like, somewhere 125-ish. 125 pounds. Yeah. So it's, it's stories like that that, like, yeah, the movements stay the same. The lectures mm-hmm. sometimes stay the same. They change a little bit. But overall, it's about people. Yeah. And as long as you make it about people, it's a fun job. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, at this point in my life, like, I do it for fun. Mm-hmm. I do it because it's a hobby, not necessarily a job. Sure. And I do it because, man, I just I enjoy showing up and making it about others. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's the whole reason I do this. Like, pe- people, uh, I- I've started having people come over to the house and work out. Um, people that feel super intimidated by showing up to a CrossFit box and stuff like that. But they're my neighbors. And I'm like, well, just come and, like, we'll work out together at night and, mm-hmm. and have some fun. And, and they're like, oh, are you going to, you know, are you charging for this? And I'm like, no. Like, I have a full-time job. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I do that, and I do this podcast because I, I enjoy it. Like, I, I like getting people's stories. I like walking alongside of people and being like, hey, and, you know, this worked for me, and I really believe it'll work for you. And, and I think if, if you join that, and then maybe we can get you part of a community, mm-hmm. like, locally, that'd be really cool. And you could, you know, come join my box would be great, you know. And, yeah. Um, so it's, I understand doing something because you're passionate about it, and mm-hmm. you enjoy hearing the stories. That I mean, that's the whole reason this podcast is something that I've been able to stick with because I get to sit across from people and hear their stories and go, that's so cool, you know, and I get mm-hmm. to learn things um, and sometimes talk way too much and, and do all that. <laughs> all the time. But, but that's cool. That's really cool. Well, what, what's, uh, what's future wise? What's, what's next in you? Now you uh, sent me a link to uh, uh, some, some guy, a guy's Bible study type thing that you guys put out a few <laughs> years back um, with some of those Cookville people. Yep. Yeah. So, what, what was that about? Why'd you do that? So uh, the, the title <laughs> of the book is Virtuosity. Um, I've heard that's a big deal in CrossFit. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. It's doing the common uncommonly well. Ah, I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 And so really the, the idea of this book is like, um, you know, once again, we're not trying to make this like a, uh, a religious pitch by any means, but really faith is a big part of probably who I am. It's probably a big sure. part of who you are. I know it's a big part of who Rich is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure people aren't alone in that. And so what I wanted to do is to teach somebody who, maybe not teach, that's a bad word, is to give an opportunity for somebody who maybe necessarily wouldn't walk through a church door yeah. to say, hey, I'm passionate about CrossFit. I'm interested in these kind of faiths and principles. What's something that I can put in my hand that I'd be excited to read. Mm-hmm. The core of it is it's faith and CrossFit. Yeah. And really it's a, it's an eight week devotional. It's designed honestly to be done with, uh, probably like people from your gym. Yeah. Like you don't have to be a believer to do, to read this book. That's cool. You know, it's just, well, I've heard so many gyms, um, that do like Bible studies and stuff that have groups, especially cause we're, we're in the South. We have a lot of people in the South. And so churches like, you know, like football to us, it's, it kind of goes hand in hand with who we are in our DNA. Although sometimes most of the time football does win out, but that's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I've heard so many boxes do that. So it's neat that you actually have created a resource that, that people could actually use that would go hand in hand with it pretty seamlessly. And that's all it is, man. At the end yeah. of the day, it's a resource. It's not something that, you know, like I was looking to make money off of. Uh-huh. It wasn't anything like that. 
Um, I mean, it was published, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But at with the end Lifeway. Of, with Lifeway. Looking they're, for it. they're a decent-sized company. Yeah. Um, they used to have a building downtown. Big used, one. They demoed it and then got That's a right. new one. That's right. Uh, but That was the coolest a, ever, though. Yeah. It, it wasn't about, like, hey, I want people, like, I want to build a platform. It wasn't anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, honestly... God, how can I be faithful with the platform that you've given me? Yeah. And this is how I do it, man. Uh-huh. You know, and I think it's the same way that Rich views uh, his platform. Sure. And so being able to put your thoughts into words and then mm-hmm. give that to somebody else, I think is, is cool. It's something that I also, I, I hope to give my kids one day. Yeah. You know, be like, hey, this is what your dad thinks and this is why. That's cool. And so. Yeah. I like that. Well, what else is going on? Anything, anything else new in the future? You know, not the too Going crazy. down for real, as they say, the hip kids say. <laughs> That's right. Not the too crazy, man. Just working two jobs, um, you know, which is always crazy. Do you but enjoy your day job? I do, man. So I uh, um, I do home building stuff, uh-huh. but probably more specifically, uh, I'm a land developer mm-hmm. for home builders. Okay. So I work for a home building company, which my owner uh, is probably going to listen to this podcast. Yeah. So it's a great company, Parkside Builders. Parkside so I'm gonna Builders. Give, I'm going to give them a plug now. You should, yeah. Uh, but essentially, Brian's super cool. He works now out be, with me at the gym. Now this becomes a work meeting. Oh, it's totally a work meeting. Yeah. So he, you know, just lots of flexibility. And uh, at the end of the day, I enjoy what I do because it's just good people. I'm surrounded around good people like Brian being one of those. Um, mm-hmm. And Brian was a guy that I met at the gym. And he's like, hey, man, you're you're working yourself ragged. Come come yeah. be a part of my team. And so I, I'm thankful for that opportunity. So I enjoy my weekday job. Um, and probably, you know, long term, I'd probably say once we start having kids, I'm not going to be able to do the seminar staff thing forever. Mm. And so there's probably. A, you're not going to pull like you did in college and be like, nah, I'm done with this building thing. Yeah, no. This, this this steady income is not what I'm into. <laughs> no, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, people like, yep. It, you know, yeah. when I worked all those seminars and I was getting ready to say, hey, what should I do? My wife was asking me those questions. I knew I had to make a grown-up decision. Yeah. And the grown-up decision being like, okay, well, I got to do something that uh, more than just passion. Right. And so I started establishing a career and, uh, you know. Once we start having kids, they're probably going to be a serious evaluation where it's like, hey, do I want to do this weekend stuff? And yeah. if not, man, I'll gladly take this red shirt off and hopefully give it to somebody else in the area, mm-hmm. maybe hopefully the Nashville area, and be like, hey, yeah. carry the torch. Well, I mean, carry on. It's a, it'll be a new season. Yeah. And within that season, you got to evaluate and figure out how that season is going to operate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's kind of seems like you know the same kind of story that rich did you know when, when kids started showing up he was like they're more important to me yeah um and anytime he tells that to me today i'm still like that's that's why you are a good human you know like because you you chose the greater path you know to to pour into something that's been entrusted to your care mm-hmm. um especially in terms of kids is is, is great it, you know you can't go wrong with that <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. I'm going to do it as long as I can. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, because I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's fun, and I yeah. get paid for it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> And the only way I'm able to do it, once again, putting another plug in, is because I have an amazing wife. Yeah. So, I mean. That's been clear in this yeah. podcast. I just want to be yeah, yeah. clear in saying. She she obviously, you once again outkicked your coverage as well. Oh, uh, for sure. Some other guys I've talked to. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she she's just an amazing human being. Like, there's you you look at those like things and you're like, okay, how does an individual like work a full-time job and, and not just like full-time job it's a pretty stressful job especially given the Nashville area yeah you know the building market's not slow by any means golly in fuego <laughs> yeah as my spanish-speaking friends would say i mean it is nuts yeah and so like i mean that's and i've got a serious role during the weekday yeah. and so uh and then you take that and then you go okay well he gets done with that and then he goes travels to mm. wherever instructing yeah. and then turns around and does it all again an individual can't do that unless they have a really good support system. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, my wife makes it so easy for me That's where awesome. the only thing I do is, you know, I work during the weekday, I work on the weekends, yeah. I go work out with my wife and then we spend time together once I get done with that. And she cooks all the meals, cleans the house, like takes care of everything. Like, so I wouldn't be able to do any of this That's if it wasn't incredible. for her. Yeah. Well, maybe I should have had her on instead. She you probably should have. Like, it would have been a better interview for sure. <laughs> Well, that was great. Well, I, I really appreciate your time yeah. and, you know, your willingness to share your story. I know uh, when we were talking before this thing, you know, I was talking about things I want to talk about. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I answer that all every weekend when people ask me stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I was hoping to give you something new. But um, but it's so neat. You know, so many people uh, look at the red shirts and they're just like, oh, man, that's just it's like something famous, like some greatness up there that you have to have. And you're like, yeah, I'm just a regular person who, you know, did the work that was needed. And, you know, and it's a great thing. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, it's not it's not uh, magical or mystical or anything like like thing. And um, I appreciate you shedding some light on that, you know, because I can read it in a book and, and see the process and do all that. But to actually hear like, well, no, it. it it involves who you are, you know, it involves, you know, they take that in consideration, who you are, how you communicate, how you talk with people, how you interact with people. And you got to know your stuff, you know, yeah. like, like that's, that's a good deal. And, and it's very apparent with the ones that I've met. Um, so, but I'm, I'm thankful for you and, and your time and I appreciate it. And thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate being here, man. Hopefully I can come back soon. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Hey, if you don't mind on your way out, if you could go by Instagram and follow our page, Barbell Voodoo Podcast. It's brand new. It's part of the Barbell Voodoo family, and we would love for you to go follow us. You can also check me out at fitby40.blog. And otherwise, we'll see you next time.